0: just the same folder just named differently <laughs> those want to look like they got more options <laughs> um okay well do you want to laugh and then we'll start because they've all kind of kicked off with we're it. kind of doing that anyway but now you've all said all right that. well now, okay
1: of... cut <laughs> <laughs> uh mikey boy we're back jack Jackal. uh as ever for another episode of what's what what were we calling this again this back in back in february uh, cryptocurrency the show Cryptover- that you can
0: rely on weekly <laughs> <laughs> <a> <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> installment without rain oh, or snow We're doing too many doing if show. anything <laughs> yeah. doing almost too punctual if anything it's funny say. that's actually feedback we've had from most all four of the listeners is too many of these shows too many can you do less <laughs> one every three months is just a bit too, it's a bit, too, a bit too heavy for the listeners
1: it's too many it's too much yet yeah, too much waffle um But yeah, we're back another
0: one. Let's start with that, Jack. Let's address it head on. It's not run from the listener base. And let's just apologize for the fact that we haven't. (laughs) Own it. We haven't been uh, recording as frequently as we maybe were when Bitcoin was at 60K. (laughs) 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 Yeah, as
1: it's halved in value, we've halved our frequency. Proportional, proportional. There it is. um,
0: Yeah. yeah, So Jack, what's what's the reason? Why haven't we done a show? And the listeners want to know. Well, have you been in prison? Have you been taken ill? What's the reason? I wish I had an
1: exciting reason, Mikey. But no, it's been—is it been apathy? I don't know. Has it been? Has it been the world fully reopening again? You know, I've been on a lot of holidays, so that's been nice. Um, (laughs) It's been a combo of those things, isn't it? I think. What about you? Why do you think we've—you know—we haven't fallen out, to my knowledge. Maybe we have. Let me know. (laughs) We'll save that for another pod. A bit awkward, but, um, but
0: yeah, <laughs> gotta go. But no, I think the ma- the main thing is just I think we've both been busy. We're on different time zones, so mm-hmm. that's part of it. You have, um, you know, a lot of social obligations. You know, <laughs> not going so to I was, blame uh, you entirely. I don't probably, know if you do. Probably <laughs> I'm less. throwing than I had you under the bus,
1: to be honest. Less <laughs> obligations than I had when uh, <laughs> when we were doing them regularly.
0: So. so um, yeah, problem, I don't know. Right. I think I, I think you're right. I think part of it has been maybe like because a bit of apathy because the market's not been as well. Been. It's just been a lot of life stuff as well. We, we the funny thing is we've seen each other a couple of times since we did the last pod. Mm-hmm. Talked a lot about doing them in person uh, and then played FIFA or gone to the pub or whatever, you know, done others yeah. to look for kong tables. Gone and to so. Budapest. Gone to, yeah, and got to Budapest and s- slept in a dungeon with no yeah. air conditioning during a heat wave.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I think, yeah, I mean, maybe that's part of it because we've seen each other. We don't feel the need to chat to each other over Zoom. Sick of each other, you might say. Yeah. Had enough yeah. of each other. You're on something. Um, so we haven't felt compelled to maybe catch up over this, but I think it's all of those things. I do think we can't hide from the fact that enthusiasm for crypto, as the price has dipped, has dipped on a macro scale, hasn't it? That's not yeah. a, That's just a fact. Um, and maybe we've been, like we were saying in that one where we tackled whether it's an addiction or gambling or whatever... You just check your crypto and think about crypto less if it's doing badly, don't you? So
0: that's a fact. Way less addictive. Way less checking when (laughs) when it's in the gutter. (laughs) Way less tempted to look at it. Um, But yeah, well, let's maybe let's should we crack on with the show and stick with the format? So for our listeners that are still straggling on, um, the stick to first news, then we'll cover our subject for the day which is, uh, we talked about doing inflation, right? Mm -hmm. We'll do a deep dive on inflation and kind of how that's linked to crypto. And then we'll wrap it up with portfolio wars, which will be an absolute bloodbath. But let's maybe talk about the downturn there and kind of, you know, go in depth. Cause like you said it before, we can talk for hours about that, but um, Mm, maybe that's the best place to do it. And you got a, you got a news story you want to kick us off with? Yeah, let's go straight to the news. Good idea. Yeah. So it's
1: obviously been a lot of, it's been many months, Mike, since our last news. I think our last news was, oh, Bitcoin's been founded. It's new coin. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think uh, there have been a lot of big kind of seismic events over the last few months that our listeners will no doubt know about after they found other podcasts to listen to. Right. Um, things like terror going to zero, obviously, the, the crypto winter, quote unquote, that's been happening. So I thought I'd go, is there any good news? Is there any positive crypto news that's happened in the last week? Uh, I no. You, All right, you could, well, you well my it. turn. All bad, Yeah. hope <laughs> okay. to you. Uh, but crypto.com, so the famous platform mm-hmm. uh, that was made even more famous by that famous Super Bowl ad with uh, Matt Damon, um, has right. recently, in the last seven days, been FCA-approved in the UK to launch, so they haven't been in the UK until now. You could, you can't get it from the UK, but they've now had approval from the Financial Conduct Authority. They've hired a bunch of dudes um, for their like CEOs, CFOs, and things, and they're gonna they're gonna launch. So that's so that's you know bucking against the trend of you know these platforms shrinking and mm-hmm. and kind of shirking away. That you'll you'll probably know much more about than me. But, yeah, I thought that was interesting. So it would be another platform um, for us to, to use over here in in old Blighty. So, yeah, I mean, most of the people I know use just um, Coinbase. That's the that's easily the most popular one here. Um, right. But I was interested to see. It's actually Coinbase is the second largest, Binance being the largest. But Crypto.com is actually only the 18th largest in, in the world in terms of... Um, uh volume like trading volumes and there's a bunch of others that i've never heard of like much higher than it
0: so i thought that was uh that was interesting so, so in, in terms of the um significance of that news it's hard to overstate it, really, isn't it? That the world's Huge. 18th largest Eighteenth. crypto exchange is now trading in England. That's it.
1: I, I don't know what to say. I mean, it must be big news because when I typed in crypto news <laughs> 10 minutes before this podcast, it was the number one on Google Trends. So you know,
0: we very successfully or somewhat successfully made these news segments look at least like we read them before <laughs> or like we read a few shores you... and then picked one. do you ever listen back to our podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh that might be i don't want to no. this is a no judgment zone but if it weren't that might be the worst news story we've ever had in terms of significant <laughs> because again, there's about 50 other exchanges you can buy crypto on in the UK. All right. Oh, there's one more now. And it just so happens to be the world leading 18th.
1: (laughs) I thought crypto.com was one of the biggest though, like in terms of, of, you're right, it's insignificant news. But may I remind you, Mike, that uh, and it's my favorite bit of news we've (laughs) ever done. But one of your news stories was something that happened five years ago to a guy who who jumped off a plane. So we're going with up to date stuff.
0: Well, actually, to be fair, uh, mine, well, is the more we want to, more we want to. Clearly not. (laughs) (laughs) The more we want to cover on this. Well, you've clearly got a bombshell for me. So let's Well, I was going to say this might actually be somehow less (laughs) interesting, (laughs) which is that uh, my news is that um, the CEO of MicroStrategy, which is a big uh, business intelligence I think business intelligence and data analytics firm uh, that's been around for ages. Um, the CEO, a guy called Michael Saylor, who is actually the longest-serving oh, tech CEO, I think, ever, or at least you know maybe for now he is, um, has just resigned to, has or they- not? Yeah, he stepped down. To work full time on Bitcoin and crypto projects, wasn't he the
1: one who? Forgive me if I'm wrong about this. He's he's like the big Bitcoin bull, isn't he? He's like owns loads. But wasn't his company the one that was basically kept all their money in
0: Bitcoin? Or was that a different yeah, well, one? No, no, you're right. So they were, if not the first, they were one of the um, first to put a huge amount of Bitcoin on their balance sheet. So obviously with big public companies or even private companies, with big companies, they have a certain amount of assets, usually cash and accounts receivable, money their customers owe them on their balance sheets. The more cash you have, the more responsibility there is to have a strategy around what you're doing with your balance sheet and your cash. Mm -hmm. So you'll find that some companies keep a certain amount of um, their balance sheet in gold, for example. And he was one of the first publicly listed company CEOs to put a huge amount of Bitcoin onto the balance sheet. Uh, I'm trying to actually just quickly see how much. I think they currently have, um, they recently bought, in April, they bought another $190 million of Bitcoin. And in total, they now have, okay, so the total Bitcoin on MicroStrategy's balance sheet is 129000 218 bitcoins which is worth just under literally just under four billion dollars so that makes them the largest holder of bitcoin certainly on a public balance on a public listed company's balance sheet i'm not sure whether they're the largest globally but um i guess one of the so firstly listening to michael saylor speak about bitcoin was one of the things that like initially sent me down the rabbit hole. So I think he's a little bit crazy and quirky as an individual. And my brother-in-law has said that he's a bit, you know, he's had some kind of scandals and drug scandals Mm. and stuff like that. So he might be a bit, he's a bit of a wild character. Your kind of guy, your kind of guy. And that's why I initially looked up to him. Then I heard about all his Bitcoin stuff. Um, But no, (laughs) so he, but he is also a rocket scientist and obviously an incredibly successful entrepreneur. So very intelligent guy. But um, I think the the thing that really struck me about this is it's the second high profile CEO of a publicly listed, successful publicly listed company that has stepped down from their job of running that company voluntarily to spend more of their time working on Bitcoin.
1: What does working
0: on Bitcoin mean, though, in that sense? Well, let me come back onto that. Because, I well, okay. at first, I don't know, but we can, like, guess what that might okay. mean. But um, Jack Dorsey was the first high-profile one. So Jack Dorsey, founder mm. of Twitter, Cash App, Square. So founder of three multi-billion-dollar companies, stepped down from all three companies to focus, again, on Bitcoin and crypto. And I think that shows you that, you know, we've talked about, every, you know, everyday members of the public that become more obsessed with Bitcoin or kind of go down that rabbit hole and spend all their time on it. But it clearly isn't, this isn't just something that like crypto bros in their basements, um, you know, in their base parents' basements, Googling Bitcoin and being obsessed with it every day. These are highly intelligent, highly successful people that have clearly kind of picked up that same, I guess, obsession and to a point where they're stepping down from, up, you know, voluntarily stepping down from multi billion dollar companies to focus on this kind of crazy, wacky space. And I, I don't know why, but I think that's really interesting and significant that people get so wrapped up in it, even at that level.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess you, I guess in one way, it isn't surprising if you see an asset appreciate that much in value over that short of time that it will get people's
0: attention um but they but, but they haven't necessarily made money on it like when michael Saylor's standing down as his role now to focus on bitcoin i think their average purchase price at MicroStrategy is probably higher than what bitcoin is now yeah yeah so it could be the other way well it'll be has he voluntarily stepped down <laughs> or just was price, it one of
1: those look was it you're uh, gonna have to step down here like i don't know yeah, and like you see knows. and you're right i get what you're saying about the the high-profile, very smart people in it. I remember when you went to the, um, when we went to the expo, you said that you were overwhelmed at how, you know, it was like the the country's smartest people were there. Um, But it doesn't take like, um, like what's his name? Mark Cuban. So Mm -hmm. he was a massive advocate of Terra Luna. And he's, you know, there's him, there's interviews him saying, you know, this is as sure a bet as you can ever make Wow. This is absolutely guaranteed to work, and it Out. just completely collapsed. So he and people would say the same about him. You know, really successful entrepreneur, high profile, smart guy. So True. it doesn't sort of, yeah. I, but listen, but, of,
0: but let me, but let me say, right, I'm not saying, hey, look, that these two people have stepped down to focus on this. Therefore, it's going to go to a hundred thousand, or it's it's the future, right? My point is more, just I think it's really interesting in itself that whatever you think of the crypto space, these two people believe in it so much that they've left what they've spent, but basically left their life's work building these companies to go and work on this new space
1: or work Mm. in this new space. Yeah. Again, it's what working on this new space means, isn't it? I'm not and again, you know more, but you know more about what these crypto based firms are doing. Um, you'd think that whereas i (laughs) you know i mean what does that mean i'd be interested to know what it means to work
0: on bitcoin so i I guess i don't know if it's purely well with michael saylor i think he is what they call like a bitcoin maximalist and that he Hmm. his belief is in bitcoin and its role in the global financial system versus jack dorsey i think it's more might be the same thing, but I think he's also just interested in blockchain technology as a whole. But I guess I, I don't know. I don't know what those yeah. guys are doing exactly. But there are there's so many startups in the crypto space. Like I've been working with tech companies, tech startups, right, that have been funded by venture capital companies. So what t- tends to happen is you've got a couple of startup founders that have an idea for a product, like a tech company they go to a venture capital firm and they raise maybe initially a couple of million dollars to go build out that company. If it's going well and they're getting traction, they go back to the venture capital firm. They raise more money and more money and more money until mm-hmm. they're Facebook or Google or whatever. Right. And every tech, almost every single tech company we will know of every app you have on your phone has followed that trajectory. Um, so I've been looking at kind of who gets funded for eight Eight or so years now since I've been in that space. And I've never seen anything like it. In that, right now, it seems like, and this is like anecdotally, every other company is a blockchain or crypto company that's getting funded. Like there's so much money still flowing into this space. So I don't know whether Jack Dorsey and Michael Saylor are investing, putting Mm. their own money in, or joining VCs, or just working with developers on open source projects. I don't know exactly what they're doing. But um, yeah, it's they've left their full-time jobs to do it. So mm. <laughs> that's all I got. Do you, think, do you think the VC thing is sort of,
1: because it's you told me before that it's like a numbers game. It's like you, these cap, venture capital firms, they back 100, 99 of them fail. One of them pays for the other 99 a million times over, it becomes Facebook. Is that the kind of, do you think they see the crypto world or the blockchain world and think, you know, if we get the next Ethereum guy, it's irrelevant if 99 of them are are ApeCoin or whatever.
0: Right. I think that that is the VC model, is that the one in 10 pays for everything else, right? Um, So I think part of it, or they probably have the same um, strategy when it comes to investing in blockchain as they would in other tech companies in terms of like, you know, they're not all going to be successful. But I think that the interest from VC companies is still something that is incredibly exciting about the space and um, there's a company called Andreessen Horowitz that are one of the biggest VC companies in the world they've just raised a four and a half billion dollar crypto fund that they've announced which is the largest crypto fund in history and what that basically means is they've raised from investors and institutions four and a half billion dollars that they have to invest in crypto startups in exchange for equity or in exchange for tokens. And that's one company, right? But there are certainly tens, maybe hundreds of different venture capital firms that are now investing in these crypto startups and again, Mm -hmm. millions or billions of dollars. Um, So this space isn't going anywhere. Like, I, I don't know how that correlates to the price of each token or what that means, but there are going to be a ton of big, startups and tech companies that are using blockchain technology and cryptography to do cool stuff some of it in the financial system some of it in other walks of life and use cases just off the strengths of how much money and how many people have gone to work in that space mm. yeah cool you can talk more about crypto.com if you want <laughs> 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 uh,
1: yeah. i don't know no Listen. no it is it is interesting. yeah you're right there's so much backing isn't there right in the, in the whole thing that it's hard, to, it, it's hard to see it going away isn't it i don't think yeah and I, you know it won't go away it you know won't go away but i mean bitcoin's been around 12 years already it's not like it's super young anymore mm-hmm. in the tech world is it like it's not uh it's not a it's oh it just came out last year it will be gone next year right it's um yeah it's got legs but it's the
0: the other thing that I think is interesting about this space. or kind of unique about it. Right. And I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. If you look at how it's worked with other tech companies. So take like Facebook as an example, Facebook had that private VC money coming in. So they got venture capital money in and they started growing the company. And me and you, we had no idea what, well, I guess the value, the value of Facebook was based on whatever the VCs invested and what percentage they took of the company. So you could mm-hmm. say, objectively, Facebook is worth, you know, the, a VC puts a million dollars in to buy 10%, and yeah. it's worth $10 million, right? Yeah. And that was the only way of valuing it. The interest, and then you couldn't, me or you couldn't buy shares in Facebook until, or equity in Facebook, until it was traded on the stock market. So when Facebook had really exciting times and first hit a million users, that didn't we didn't see what that did to its value in real time. Its value was still technically just whatever its last raise was at, its last mm-hmm. fundra- fundraiser. It. Then when they had really bad times, like when, I don't know if it, how true the movie is, but in the social network, the dude, that, Sean, the dude that invented um, Morpheus, I think it was, or LimeWire, whichever one, Napster, Napster um, yeah. he was caught at a house party with a bunch of cocaine and underage girls. Now, had, that, had Facebook been a publicly traded company, then you'd imagine that the shares would have dropped in that time, right? And I think, I guess what I'm getting to is because within blockchain and crypto companies, they have tokens that are on the public market and that me and you and anyone can buy when they are a five or 10 person company. Part of that volatility is that you are you're seeing how macroeconomic impacts or things like what happened with Luna, how that affects the real time value of a company when it's really early stages in a way that we never did with Facebook. You wouldn't see right. before, yeah. I understand right. what you're saying. And so I and think that's something yeah. that adds to that volatility. Volatility is there's still there's almost like a price discovery. We're still trying to see what are these different projects and what is this whole industry worth and at the same time you're seeing it in real time as positives and negatives affect Mm. it in a way that we haven't with other companies
1: You're saying it's almost like as if Facebook was floated on the day it was founded and you could see the
0: shut price in those early days whatever it would have been and mm. you would have said it's incredibly yeah, volatile because when, yeah, when anything good happened, it would have doubled in value. When something yeah. bad happened, or if the, there was a downturn in the economy before it had been floated, then yeah, okay, the stock price would have dropped. But you only see that in regular non-kind of mm. token companies when they're ready to float and go on the stock market. If a- you don't see that with with um, with crypto. It's all in real time.
1: That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, I never thought of that. That is that is interesting. Good.
0: <laughs> well done, Mikey.
1: Some value <laughs> on the pod. I like that. Call it a day. Uh, let's. I feel like we're drifting into a general thought You're world right. again, aren't we? So let's right. move on to the theme of the pod, which is inflation. Oh, Mikey boy! Now you've you've always been a big fan of this topic. You've kind of sprinkled it in in previous previous episodes. I think you text me a lot about it. On mute. <laughs> mute that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Never responded. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Have you changing number uh and you are a bit of a you you know more than me about it certainly I kind of know the layman's basics of what inflation is prices is going up my pound is worth less than it was last week that stuff um so why don't you bring us bring us all up to speed on what if this was not just what inflation is
0: um well i i we should caveat it with. I don't know very much about it. I might text you about it a lot. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that, that isn't necessarily an economics degree. But um well, so I think that so let's give a definition of inflation. Mm. So the official definition of inflation, and the reason I'm speaking slowly is as I'm typing. Yeah. Uh well, you know what I think is INFL. Um, <laughs> yeah. um but okay, so in economics, this is based on the um, definition we have here on Google. Inflation is a general increase in the prices of goods and services in an economy. Mm-hmm. When the general price level rises, each unit of currency buys fewer goods and services, and consequently inflation corresponds to a reduction in the purchasing power of money. So what it layman's terms, it's prices going up, prices go up, you can afford less than you could with the same amount of money 12 months ago. And it tends to be measured on like a rolling 12 months basis. Mm. So do you know, question for you, Jackie boy, do you know what the inflation rate is in the UK at the moment? Well, I think they announced it this morning.
1: Wow, Um, good, timely, Nice. Ten per over ten percent. I think it was ten point one percent. And I don't know if that was the month. It can't be month funding. No, uh, no that,
0: that must be twelve months. Yeah, sorted. so it's a
1: forty-year. It's literally the lead article on the BBC website right now. Ten point one percent. Wow, highest in forty years. And if the graph just looks ridiculous, yeah, the graph is the graph is bad. So yeah. Really, um really not good. So yeah, my my money is is now, I guess it's not 10%. What's the maths on that? It's not 10% weaker, is it? If inflation has gone up 10%, it's someone else, isn't it? It's like, I don't know. What's the, breaking, what's the maths? <laughs> Prices <is laughs> are 10% higher. Prices are 10% Things
0: are 10% percent more expensive. Yeah,
1: things yeah. are 10% more expensive generally. But the, right. what's interesting is if you drill it down, it's like, it's more complex, isn't it? Because obviously there are lots of different things you spend your money on, and some things have gone up X amount, other things have gone up fuckloads amount,
0: like food, <laughs>
1: food, and right. you know. And it's it's a it's, it's a not it's not and confuse the uh, listeners with technical words. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck amount. Uh, so yeah, so it's one of many in the UK right now. There's a lot of anxiety about what's what's going on generally with the, the economy and the world and stuff. But that's
0: that's certainly one of them, yeah. Well, no, that I think that is interesting, though, right? Is that like what what they use, what the government uses as that official measure of inflation? I've heard a lot of um, like credible economists say that it's a somewhat outdated, or or a, sorry, not an outdated. It's a newer method of measuring inflation that doesn't take thing. I don't know if it's the same in the UK, but doesn't take things like rent into example into account. I know they're like key things i don't know if it's t- i think it probably takes gas and fuel into a um, must
1: do surely yeah you'd think
0: so right do you mean
1: it's not like it doesn't take into account modern
0: spending on things like it like doesn't, like doesn't a, take netflix into account like I, th- I, I, I think they changed um the definition of de- definition of inflation to be almost like a basket of goods that you might buy in your average supermarket right Um, And uh, I've heard people complain that real inflation is significantly higher than what those official stats show. So you you said it there, that inflation in the UK is 10.1% as of today. um, And inflation in the US uh, for the month of July was 8.5% which is actually down a little bit from the month of June, where it was 9.1%. Yeah,
1: I read that. Interesting, yeah. So it was interesting that it kind of flatlined.
0: It did, but it also... So back in April... Uh, or oh, sorry, back in um, March, inflation in the US was 8.5%. And then in April, it dropped down to 83 And a lot of mm. people were saying, oh, inflation's peaked, it's going to come back down now. Great, it's the yeah. end of that problem. Then it went back up to 86 then back up to 9.1%. So it could be that it's kind of tapering off and about to kind of roll over, or it could be that it's one month and that it continues to go up. Um, but the, the, the other thing that's kind of interesting is the compound effect of the inflation. So in mm-hmm. I think in August um, 2021, inflation was 5.3%. So things were 5.3% more expensive than August, 2022. Yeah. If inflation is, even if it sat around 8% for August, 2022, you're compounding that with the mm. 5.3% from 2021, which means yeah. that over two years, it would have gone up by um, more like 14% over two mm. years. Which is and that's scary, crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. It is, yeah.
1: Yeah, you're right about the basket thing. So, again, yeah, in the UK, consumer inflation is measured by taking a sample shopping basket of around 700 goods and services each month from 150 random outlets across the UK. So, yeah, it's, so, it's interesting. They have to, like – there's no, like, official, like, pure mathematical way of doing it. It's, that's quite right. interesting, isn't it? Like, it has to be literally boots on the ground. What does shit cost now?
0: So did, um, does it say in what you're reading there does it say whether that does include gas and rent because those are two pretty significant expenses Well there's so there's people. two
1: there's consumer price inflation right which means the things that private households consume uh, goods and services such as clothing food transport and healthcare and then there's the retail price inflation which is similar to that, but also includes housing costs. such as council tax and mortgage payments and insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mention fuel, to be fair, in any of this. So I don't know. You'd imagine it would be in that in that retail price inflation. But I don't know which one is up. I don't know if it's a combination of both that's up 10%. I don't know.
0: Um, well, either way, the, the scary thing about that is that if wages aren't going up at the same mm. rate of inflation, which they're not for most people, right? Like most people's wages aren't going up by 10% a year. No. And for people, especially in the UK, people that work in the public sector, they've like frozen pay rises or 1-2%. Ca- yeah, well, what that strikes. effectively means is people are getting pay 10% decrease. poorer each year. Yeah. yeah they're going to pay cut every year of 10%. Yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, the, and you mentioned the compounding effect of the
1: maths of it, but the compounding effect of inflation is, I was listening to a thing about it, and they're, they're like, it actually kind of eats itself because a company or a business owner reads, oh, there's going to be inflation. Oh, I better put my prices up then. And that causes more inflation. So it just yep. kind of like snowballs. The news of inflation almost snowballs. And it's like this interesting social, sociological phenomenon inflation mm-hmm. almost it's not like a law of nature it's more a people thing which obviously is nature but it's like it's like not a mathematical law it's like a societal thing that we do to ourselves right which is
0: fascinating or it becomes um, almost like a spiral in effect right where if, yeah. if you're concerned about inflation as a company you need to raise your prices yeah. because and your, not raise your- you're buying just became more expensive yeah, but then yeah, you're raising yeah. your prices for your consumers. And not um, raising your salaries of your employees because you can't afford it, et cetera, right. et cetera. Um, and it seems like it's quite a, like, look, we're obviously, we're both from the UK. I now live in America. And I think we often look at the world through that lens of what's going yeah. on in England and America. But if you look at some of the other countries in the world that are suffering with inflation, it's far worse than 9, 10%. Yeah. Like I saw that in Sudan and Lebanon, um, so, oh, sorry, Sudan, Lebanon, Zimbabwe, and Syria all have inflation rates that are over a hundred percent. I mean, that's what.
1: So you've literally halved
0: your value of your money and right a year, and halved your savings if you're keeping your savings well, in cash. Yeah. Your money's become h- worth half as much. Yeah, and then yeah, in, yeah. And it's you know those are countries that are maybe on the kind of poorer side of the the. The economic scale right but then mm. even countries like turkey inflation i believe is over 60 percent same in argentina um and you know those are first world countries right i don't mm. know if that's the correct term anymore <laughs> i don't know if that's offensive so sorry yeah to yeah, yeah anyone in sudan no, lebanon yeah. and zimbabwe but um that's terrifying that's terrifying because again if you compound that over a couple of years you're talking about completely wiping out your purchasing power yeah. And then that in turn is terrible for the economy going forward because people buy less and
1: et cetera, et cetera. And it's quite hard to get out of. So, what, so, why? So, I guess let's talk about what causes it, why it happens, and then what we've done in the past to combat it and what the techniques are to combat and fight inflation and try and solve it. So, why does it happen, Mike? And why? What's caused this inflation we're going through now? Or so- do we even
0: know? I don't know, to be honest with you, but I think that the there are some things that we. I think there's probably a, a big combination of factors, right? And I think that so to run through some of the ones I've heard, so this is. Not, I don't know if there is like a right and wrong answer, and I'm sure it's like highly debated. But one um, aspect is that if you look at what happened um, when we kind of shut the world down during the pandemic, right, during COVID. Um, there was a lot of economic uncertainty there, the stock market kind of tanked over the space of a couple of days. And what most of the central banks, the Federal Reserve, the Bank of England, and the rest of the central banks around the world did, was to effectively try to stimulate the economy and protect the, you know, stop us having some huge global liquidity crisis, a huge financial mm-hmm. crash, is that they started pumping more money into the global economy effectively into their national economies in the form of buying bonds, buying bonds from companies. Um, so that and that's one way of kind of pushing money out into the economy through quantitative easing. They also printed stimulus checks in the US. So they gave sent people mm-hmm. money to be able to, that were out of work and some people who were still in work, like me and my wife worked all through COVID and we received a stimulus check that to be honest, we didn't need, and like, we didn't apply for that. They just sent it to everybody. Um, And in the UK, you had the furlough scheme, which was a similar thing where the government kind of created money and paid people a certain percentage of the salary they were on. So all this, you had all this money being pumped into the system that naturally increased demand. And then at the same time, because of the global shutdown, particularly in places like China, where a lot of the goods that we purchase come from, um, there were constraints on the supply chain, and you had a shortage of supply. So you effectively had this increase in demand and shortage of supply happening at the same time. So that's, I think, one big factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've heard of others like there, are again, the supply chain being a, a big part of it. But I, th- I think those are the two, two of the biggest factors. And then another one, that I've heard is that because the labor market is so hot right now, because there are so many people employed, what you could maybe would see is a compression of wages um, on new hires that companies make, but with the the labor market being so hot, companies can't get away with pay, just paying people less because it's such a competitive market. So wages have remained high. So you have this all high kind of by by whatever standard you want to judge it. But so you've got this thing of higher wages, an increase in demand and all this additional liquidity sloshing around in the system and then supply constraints. And that increases the scarcity of goods. And again, kind of has an impact on, on the process. The so yeah, I yeah. think those are three of the big reasons, but I'm sure there's, there's other things I'm missing there. Yeah. Yeah, Investopedia. Investopedia <laughs>
1: says that Yet, like you say, the price rises due to increases in production costs, such as raw materials and wages. But And there is the famous... So the Romans saw a similar problem that you've mentioned with the pumping of the money, which was they just realised, oh, hang on, we can just print more money if we need it. Right. Did that loads, and then that just had the sociological impact of, well, 100 drachma or whatever it was. There's much more of this now, so we don't need it. The person selling the goods didn't need... 100 they so but a thousand looked better so that just completely it ate away its own value by by printing too much of it well what um, they started
0: what the roman empire started doing was they started gold plating other metals right so like yeah. gold plating copper and passing them off as gold coins and that meant they were worth less than they started paying their military, paying mercenary armies that they'd started hiring to fight the battles they had on all these different fronts to fight the uprises that they had. Um, mm. And those mercenaries very quickly realized that their money wasn't worth anything because it was gold plated. And literally was marched gold Rome. Tw- right. right. But, and that's maybe, maybe this is too dense or too much like too we're going kind of too deep into it. But one of the things that I was reading about to prep for this was about um, how it was kind of about this fiat currencies and what that definition is, right and that you've got sound money, which is think money that is tied to something. So like we used to be we used to, the, the pound used to be the global reserve currency because every pound was backed by gold. So if you get if a bank issued you a pound, mm-hmm. they had to have a reserve of gold that matched it after World War II, we were effectively bankrupt um, and the U.S. became the new global superpower and their currency became the new um, World Reserve currency and it was backed by gold. And then in the 70s, I think it was Nixon, took the U.S. Mm-hmm. off the gold standard and said it as a temporary emergency measure, it no longer has to be backed by gold. And since then, the money supply has just increased exponentially because governments have been able to print their way out of um, mm. problems. And every time we've had a recession, the main method of dealing with it has been just quantitative ease and printing more money and pumping the stock market and kind of keeping the lights on the mm. challenge we have now. And I think one of the reasons that crypto's dropped and that the macro economy is so um, dire that the global, you know, the stock market's dropped and kind of everything seems to be down is that we can't print ourselves out of this crisis and the federal reserves and the central banks are almost doing the opposite, which is quantitative tightening and increasing interest rates in order to almost push us into a recession to cool off some of that demand. Yeah, And it's kind of scary, Jack, because one of the, sorry, I know I'm rambling a bit, but one of the, one of the economists that I was um, listening to them being interviewed, like a decorated economist was um, and a like very credible guy was saying, was kind of like being interviewed about inflation and about how we need to increase interest rates and we need to start getting more aggressive with quantitative tightening. And the way that he was talking about it was really scary because he was basically saying, it's going to be hard. We're going to have to stay at this for a long time because one of the biggest problems in the economy is that your average consumer has way too, has way too much money in savings for this to have a quick impact. And if you kind of unpack what you're saying there, it's, well, we're going to have to really push the economy into a deep recession until people wipe out all their savings so they can't afford Mm. anything in order Mm. to get inflation (laughs) curtailed. That's an amazing thing. And there's
1: a a famous story. I don't know if it's true, but I've heard it a few times where when David Cameron was in power in the UK as prime minister, he was ready to give a speech to... Um, in parliament, encouraging people to save money and encouraging people to live beneath their means, save their money, build up savings. But he was stopped by his cabinet or his financial advisor, or whatever. And they said that, well, no, if everybody saves their money, the economy that's will grind to a bit. halt. We need <laughs> right, people right. spending. And that's why since then, you've heard, like, I remember Boris Johnson last year just encouraging people to go out, spend your money, go shopping, da 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 da. Because, um, Yeah, that's a kind of worried one to get your head around, isn't it? Really, we should all be saving money, but actually, does that fuck the economy up? But yeah, that is
0: that is quite scary about what what he's saying there. Well, and that's what that's almost like that's what the plan is is to let's mm, really slow the economy down. Let's for let's try and make people have poorer, so that we decrease long term. But then at the same time, there's like I was reading about something today that in I think in California, I think they're doing the same in Colorado. They're re, they're um there's policy that's being passed now to give people inflation relief checks. So to basically send people more money to be able to it's cope just, with inflation, yeah, which if that. what we're saying is accurate, seems crazy. The opposite
1: of what it's such a short-term fix, isn't it? I guess right. you're in such a rock and a hard place though now because so we mentioned, so I guess now we're getting into ways you can solve it or to attempt to solve the yeah, Sure. So the classic one for centuries has been raise interest rates. So the, the the thinking behind that is if you raise the interest rate, so this is like, so in England, we've got the base rate, the Bank of England base rate, that's basically what banks are allowed to charge interest on their loans to people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're allowed like 1.5% above the base rate or something. And the Bank of England determines that. And so historically, it's historically like in the 70s and 80s, the interest rate was quite high. It was like 10, 12%. Um, so borrowing money wasn't that attractive. Right. Um, even back then. So... What so, hang on, we're getting confused here. So, yes, yeah, so it wasn't that interesting back there, but since then it's been historically low for the last 20 years. The it's been really, really historically low. So, loads of people have been borrowing money. Um, and so they don't have that lever now if there's a recession to
0: pull. Is that right? What or am sorry. I getting
1: confused about? This no, no, you're right.
0: You're right. You're right. So, so what's what has um, been a way of a way of curtailing inflation has been to really raise interest rates, so yeah. that cools off the economy because it means it becomes yeah. harder to get access, to, more expensive to get access that's to what capital. I'm, yeah, that's what I mean. So there's yeah, less yeah. liquidity. So during COVID, another thing that we didn't even talk about was they dropped interest rates close to zero. Sure. And in some countries, they had negative interest rates, which I don't it's even like know. Pay
1: people to borrow money, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <Crazy>. exactly.
0: <laughs> or like you're punished for keeping money in your bank account. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really know how negative interest rates works, but a lot in a lot of countries, they would interest rates were zero to 2%. And that means that it's, it's almost free to get access to money. And it's one of the things yeah. Michael Saylor talked about is just how easy it was to get access to capital. at such a cheap, at such mm-hmm. a low interest rate. And that means there's all this additional liquidity. So what you have, what you're saying there is spot on the way of curtailing inflation is to raise interest rates. So people yes. are less willing to borrow. There's less liquidity. Mm. Um, but what's quite unique here is we're, and we haven't even talked about this, but we're in a technical recession in the U S because there's been mm. two quarters of negative growth of GDP contraction. And at the same time, we're having to raise interest rates, which, has right. a negative impact on the economy. So, Sorry, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So typically in a recession,
1: right, the, the the lever you pull is that's lower interest rates. Yeah. But to battle inflation, you have got to raise interest rates and right. with having both at once, right? That's the big conundrum. And the other thing with the problem with raising interest rates that so they are talking about doing in the UK, and they have done already, and they will <laughs> do more. Is you bring in the housing issue here in the UK, where people are like leveraged to to fuck to to even get on the housing market, you've got to borrow. Um, a lot of people on tracker mortgages, which track the base rate of the, which is going to be a real problem. By the way, exactly, real real this problem. is what I'm saying. So if they do raise that interest rate, they'll have the numbers of how many people will default on their houses or not be able to afford to pay a mortgage or. Etc. cetera, et cetera, or have less disposable income at the very best case, which they want people to have to, to not fight inflation, but get us out of recession. So it's that whole, we've got two economic Rocking issues hard at place. once. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and, but the, but the, I guess to talk about what this means for the global economy, right? Like the, anyone that's been following the stock market, almost anywhere in the world, will know that there's been a big drop this year and I thought I'd give you some of these stats here that are a little bit. They're they're not great. They're not great stats. They're not good. Wait for time, wait for portfolio wars if you want some great <laughs> yeah. stats. That'll cheer us up. <laughs> well, um, here here's a sum. So there's an article that I read by um a macro economist called Raul Pal. I mm-hmm. a I think he was a former hedge fund guy, but this was his kind of summary of um what we've seen so far in 2022. Um, so up until this is um the his findings and kind of research for the first half of the year so up until end of june 2022 it's been the worst start to the equity markets so the stock markets in real terms since 1872 when the stock market performs badly people often find safety in bonds Right. And we talk about Mm -hmm. that on another show what bonds are, but it's been the worst H1, first worst half of the year for US bonds since 1788. So it's been the worst start to the year for equities since 1872, worst H1 for US bonds since 1788. When you combine the losses in equities and bonds in the US, it's the worst drawdown as a percentage of DDP. In US history, it's about 60% of US GDP. Recently, we had the most volatile five-week period in the stock market since 1929. Positionings in equity futures, so people's kind of predictions of what equities are going to be further out into the future, are the lowest they've been in history. The sentiment of bears, of people that AAI, mm-hmm. AAII sentiment of bears, people that are kind of against, think the stock market's going to go down, hit its highest level ever last month. Sentiment towards stocks and bonds combined are at the lowest level ever. And dollar liquidity, so kind of access to the dollar and kind of that sloshing around in the system, is at the lowest level ever. Yeah. So pretty dire from an economic it is dire. when was but what is mad is when was like when was that
1: article so that was presumably after June right yeah so like at the end of June saying so since June it's gone up from like just look at the S and P 500 has gone up from six three thousand six hundred points to four thousand three hundred points again right which right. is where it was in like back in April so it's gone up loads since then which is crazy isn't it because you all these signs point to it going down mm-hmm. and it's fucking gone up so it just how irrational it is and how hard to predict it is does that does illustrate that doesn't it and it's yeah. like i don't know it's so hard to predict the, like it's like they all the conventional wisdom says is like just don't try and predict the stock market no matter right. how much you I'm think you know, like that. you're just not gonna like historically you just like, so I know a few of my friends who, when COVID hit, they were like, right, I'm going all cash now, like all cash. And they pulled out and sure enough, it dipped. But then in like two months, it was back to all-time highs right. again. And had a massive bear run in, sorry, a massive bull run, bull run. Right. during fucking, when we are all locked down. Like that alone shows how implausible it all is to predict that that line going up or down, I think.
0: And I don't, um, yeah, I think you're spot on. And, but I think part of the reason for that is your average investor, like me, you, like your friends there, we're looking at, like, oh, well, what's the economy, you know, what's the economy looking like right now? Oh, you look at I? the BBC.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. right. But, but even, well, even if you're a, you really go down a rabbit hole and look at the data, you tend to be looking at what's happening right now. Right. Mm. And if it looks bad right now, you're yeah. thinking, oh, well, that's really bad. So I should short the market. Right. But mm. the truth is, real investors are looking at uh, what the market, the stock market's at right now, is kind of a guessing game of what the professionals think it's going to look like six months from now, almost. Mm. But that even those a, professionals a don't. In. Oh, yeah. Even yeah, yeah, those yeah. professionals yeah. don't have a fucking clue, most of them.
1: It's, True. Again, all the stats say, like if you get a managed, a managed fund as opposed to just an index broad fund. Right. 90% of them don't beat that index fund. So yeah. again, I just wonder how much of these, is it all just guesswork? And maybe guess some guesswork is better <laughs> than others. And I guess if you take the COVID thing, like if you knew in March 2020 that they were going to print more dollars that have ever been printed six months later, if you had that knowledge, then you may have predict the market will go up because suddenly, oh, and there's all these stimulus checks. People have nothing to spend on except Bitcoin and stocks.
0: So well, that's, but, but so I think you've hit on something really important there. I think, and again, it's just an opinion, but part of the reason the stock market's gone up in the last couple of months is that maybe the market, the kind of, you know, all the different people out there that are investing believe that because of how um, aggressive the rates, interest rates have gone up, and because we're starting quantitative tightening, and because the economy's already going into a recession, I think maybe. The markets are going up because they're seeing oh well maybe the federal reserve will stop aggressively tightening and raising interest rates because they'll think inflation's been curtailed when because these extreme measures have already happened and they're almost hedging their bets that the markets are going to go back up because the fed might ease up on their current policy i'm not saying that that could be a theory as to why it's going yeah. up but the other thing is nothing happens in a straight line so if you look at the crash in 1929, the great depression, even that wasn't a straight line down. You had these like bull run, they called bear market rallies or dead cat bounces where mm. the economy was going over, you know, five years was going down, but you don't necessarily see that month to month. It's not just gonna be a straight line yeah, down true. to the bottom. True, But I, I agree with you, it's incredibly complicated and anyone trying to beat index funds and beat the markets good luck because like you say the data shows you the variables are wild aren't they like it's just
1: it's almost like the human mind can't comprehend that amount of vari- those amount of variables really right. no matter how much you know i don't think um and all we have to go on is okay over a 100 years has it gone up yes right. or oh, in that case i'll invest in it then right. um but even that could be a load of bollocks but <laughs> like that isn't that that really isn't that long a time is it it just
0: happens to be a human lifetime so we're like all right if you look at it, um, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, you know. But so, I think, I don't know. So, so I guess to kind of summarize what we're saying there, it's that we're in this really kind of challenging economic position at the moment. And we mm. don't envy the central banks or policymakers because we have really high inflation that's going to cause, if not civil unrest, certainly a very disgruntled populace. And, you know, it's an election year couple of months there's elections in the state so you've got this inflation at real high levels that's really hitting especially working people people live paycheck to paycheck people that don't have a huge amount of disposable income at the same time to try and to try and curtail that we're going into a recession or already in one with higher interest rates with less money sloshing around in the economy because of quantitative tightening and you've got all these things effectively happening at the same time one of the impacts on that has been that the stock market has dropped, particularly in more heavily weighted towards growth companies like tech companies, where their value mm. is based on the idea they're going to continue to grow and acquire new users. Yes. But it's that they're also considered um, risk on investments. So, like, if you invest in IBM or Coca-Cola, these more steady companies, they're maybe going to be less volatile and less based on their growth than if you're investing in Snapchat. Yeah. So yeah, those yeah. growth stocks have been hit harder. And my kind of understanding is that Bitcoin and the crypto industry in general is maybe being treated in the same way as Definitely. a high-risk growth stock or opponents, if you like, and that less liquidity means less money in crypto yeah i think that's yeah so yeah bringing it
1: nicely back to crypto um i think that it used to be said before you know the decoupling of bitcoin and the stock market was always a big thing they would i think people were just more interested to see if it would eventually happen and it kind of hasn't happened as i'd say as much as the the real almost said it would yeah Yeah. like you say it's like a tech it's been treated like a take stock, exactly like the NASDAQ. Um, but also, because we're talking about inflation, people do say, because Bitcoin is deflationary, in that it's there's only ever going to be a certain amount of them, you can't print more Bitcoin, it is a great hedge against inflation. Right. Do you agree with that? Like gold is, people say gold is, don't they? Because you can't make more gold.
0: So um, my kind of like theory originally or my like thesis as to why I put so much money into so much of my money into Bitcoin was that yes it would be this inflation hedge for reasons we've talked about it's got a finite supply you can't just create more and Mm -hmm. I still think it has that potential what I didn't really anticipate and what I think most people didn't anticipate that are that really bullish about Bitcoin is that regardless of whether over 10 years or 20 years, that's something, you know, Bitcoin could become something that could be like gold, a digital version of gold and an inflation hedge. At the moment, it's still considered a risky asset. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. once the economy tightens and once people move to cash or get nervous, that that would hit the crypto market. So Mm -hmm. I, I still think we could see that as, the case that yeah maybe it is an inflation hedge but what we're not seeing what we can see right now is that it certainly hasn't decoupled from the stock market and that macroeconomic factors are impacting bitcoin in the same way as they are netflix facebook you know these are the kind of standard tech companies yeah yeah well yeah it's an interesting one i think the, we'll see what happens with inflation, and it's kind of funny. There's some people that say we're going into hyperinflation or runaway inflation, where it's going to continue to go up, and like you were describing that cycle. Raul Powell, who's the guy that um, wrote that article that I just reeled off those exciting stats from, he thinks that because the downturn in the economy is going to be so bad, that we might end up moving into a deflationary environment where the economy gets hit so hard that things prices go down be because people aren't buying them. Take well, surely take which one of those you want to listen surely to. Surely I mean, that, that. <laughs>
1: that is the opposite, isn't it? I guess where deflation has to happen because people just can't
0: afford to buy stuff, so the price does drop. Um, well, that's one there's kind of like a uh, that's that's one, one of the things that I've heard people say is the solution to higher prices is higher prices because that impacts demand interesting uh, yeah yeah, oh
1: yeah. I mean, it does doesn't it i mean in the uk again just big from this lens like we are fucked in a way i mean when october comes a thing called the um uh there's a, a a body called Ofgem who regulate how um how much the energy companies can charge us and the, because of well whoever you believe has a different reason but because of the gas prices we're going to get our essentially our uh heating and you know, electricity bills are going to go up by 200% or something in the start of october and like people just can't afford like can't afford it but like, right. people just can't afford, afford that. So to, to, to give you your, life, your family or heat your home right. well it kind of weirdly is like we've got so our monthly bill we live in a four bed like quite a fairly big house so our Bills were flex on them, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the West Wing, I think our bill was um, (laughs) no, it was uh 90 quid, yeah, 90 (laughs) quid a month for gas electricity, and our latest quote is 320 quid a month for October, yeah, a month, yeah. It's it's wild, isn't it? So we've got a smart meter, and we're like, come on, it's not really that much, but you know, that's the kind of scary numbers people are facing, so it will be terrifying. It is mad, isn't it? And so we just, well, do you know whichever I just way think about that about people this the have day. People have just less disposable income as right. the best the best
0: outcome. Well, think you know? and think about what that means for the economy. Because where does exactly. the disposable income that would have gone on goods and services and yeah. growing GDP instead goes on hedge um, trimmers from my maze outside? Our hedge <laughs> yeah, maze. Exactly. And instead it's going on heat in your house. But um mm what was I going to say to you? Oh yeah. I was talking to my dad about this the other day and he was saying, well, yeah, in the seventies, when they had really high inflation, I guess maybe similar things around needing to preserve fuel in order to keep the demand down. They had like two or three day shutdowns where they just like, where they shut like companies didn't open at industry wide shutdowns in order to, um, I, I guess, preserve fuel But that seems insane. Like, you, we, I think people would lose their shit if we had that now.
1: Well, apparently, the other thing they did was they recognized they have to raise workers' um, salaries and pay, but they're just not going to do that now. Right. Well, well, or if they
0: do, what's going to happen there is that the costs of goods and services will go up because Mm, those companies have higher labor costs. And that's part of that spiral you were describing is that. If people just won't work at a company because maybe their paycheck's gone up by 1%, but inflation's gone up by 10%, they might leave that company and go look for another job. If somebody doesn't move into that job, if somebody isn't willing to take that job, you have to then naturally kind of offer higher wages. Yeah. Offering higher wages then means having to charge higher prices. Um, yeah. So or just make less profit, viral. you know? Yeah. Or just. Well, it's not yeah. even just that, but then what does that do? Because if you're a publicly listed companies just make less profits means, okay, well, your stock mm. price is going to drop and then maybe you've got less money and you have to let more people go and you, it's this cycle. I'm not saying that that's every company and there are companies out there that could afford to make less money, but it isn't like the kind of. Spoken character- like a true, <laughs> spoken like a business owner. Yeah, <laughs> if any of my employees are listening, that's the only reason, you know, hey, that's a cigar out right <laughs> your mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's complicated. It is complicated. If they do that, then their stock price drops and then they have to lay off people and you get into this race to the bottom almost. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Crypto.com. Good news though, guys. Crypto.com.
1: Well, that's two jobs created. (laughs) Crypto job
0: CEO and marketing officer. uh, When do we apply?
1: Crypto to to the rescue again.
0: Um, Um, But yeah, so... I think, well, let's kind of summarize it as crazy shit going on in the global economy. (laughs) That's maybe having a really wild impact on the crypto markets, but on everything else. um, And kind of all bets are off as to what's going to happen next. We could, Mm. you know, things could turn around really quickly and great. This just seemed like a scary moment in time. Or we could be like Mad Max fight to the death for the last drops of gasoline for your car. Yeah. It's in funny, isn't it? In three it months is, <laughs> for an It update. is a kind of
1: like, it is a weird sort of, just something I've noticed, the fuel crisis happened in the UK. Mm-hmm. Something I've noticed, it made me realise about kind of human nature that's been highlighted many times before. And that it made me reflect on and kind of see before is how bad we are at um, visualising mm-hmm. something, even like a few months into the future and not right. dealing with it. Because like I remember reading about there's a guy called Martin Lewis in the UK who runs this money saving expert website. Yeah, and in yeah. January, or it was like, maybe not January, but like months and months ago, he was saying, This is gonna kill it. This is this impending thing is gonna really get us. And I like did a little deep dive into it and had a look and got hyped up about it. Text some of my friends, being like, guys, have you seen this? This is gonna be shocking. And they were just like, nah, nah, don't worry about it. They'll sort it out like it'd be, or they were just like, Oh yeah, it looks bad.
0: But what and I, now, I, so, now they're what, all what are you like, supposed to do though? <laughs> what I was you...
1: yeah, what kind Or like, well, like kick up a fuss, or like that's the other thing, like, why aren't we
0: in the streets rioting about it? Is what people are asking ourselves, like, yeah, in yeah. France, well, they there be. are, I guess, there are, I mean, but this is going on in France as well, right? And i, I mean, well, no, I don't know. It I isn't. We probably, in France,
1: isn't it literally isn't because they uh, are state owned energy companies and they've raised it four percent. Wow, so okay. that it come, you get into that whole privatization thing, but, but, were, but literally in France overall, they haven't done
0: it. In inflation in France overall, it's less than baguettes. Is it... <laughs> Baguette Is the price, price has. The <laughs> it's oh, all right, look, all, look, all about baguettes listeners. and Both stripy, stripy
1: jumpers and berets <laughs> have gone through the roof. So,
0: uh, uh, so uh, six point eight percent. Um, six point eight.
1: It's peanuts. In compared
0: July. to us, Mikey, it's
1: a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It is
0: a lot. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. But that's kind of what I'm saying is I think that civil unrest probably is if inflation does continue to rise and if we go deeper into a recession. If you have people losing their jobs and mm. inflation at ten percent, you, I think you will see civil unrest. I yeah. can't see how. people aren't just going to be like, oh, well, it's one of those things. Tough, tough decision for the government. Well, there's there's quite a big.
1: Well, there's quite a big um movement happening in the uk now called it's just called don't pay and it's to do again i'll show up this energy thing soon but Mm. it's and their thing is look if enough of us don't pay what are they going to do and and that's the thing they've got over a million like signatures or whatever of people Mm. that are just going to pay carry on paying their old direct debit to the energy company and say like look i haven't got this money see you later
0: yeah I and mean, they had similar is... things in around rent in the US with COVID and mm. I think the government might have even stepped in and passed like a a bill where you couldn't evict people that didn't pay their rent, you right. weren't allowed to. Yeah, during that time, yeah. And again, I'm not saying like, oh, you know, the poor oil companies, but I do think that, that there are negative consequences to... Or, there's no easy solution, right? Because if you do that, what's likely to happen is the oil companies oil and gas companies will or i, I don't know but they could charge more so that everyone that is still paying kind of picks up the cost there well or, i think the consequence will
1: know. be you'll go into arrears with them and debt and they'll chase you for the rest of your life and your credit rating will be fucked like that will yeah. be the that would yeah. be the thing but i mean i mean shell and bp are making record profit so there's a weird dissonance I don't know mm. what the detail is on why it has to be so much for us. And yet they're making so much, for, I don't know,
0: but that's, well, that's what pisses people off. Messy, I think anyway. messy situation. Um, and it is. Yeah. We'll see, kind of see how it plays out. So listeners, if you want, you know, if you want to keep your fingers on the pulse of how things are progressing, tune in three months down the line. Well, and we'll, well it's basically 24
1: seven feed of us,
0: Mike, this It's yeah. a 24 seven. I'm getting a bit tight. We need to, yeah, I need a break. Need well on that note <laughs> um yeah yeah no so I think it's kind of crazy it's kind of interesting times some part of me is really nervous about that Jack if I'm honest with you like I I've seen it in my companies like I run recruiting businesses and I can tell mm. you I won't say who they are but some of our biggest clients that were huge paying customers growing insanely um Oh, in fact, I can talk about some of the public ones. Robin Hood, as an example, froze hiring and fired twenty or laid off twenty percent of their staff. Coinbase mm. was another big client of ours. Coinbase did something I've never seen in the eleven years I've worked in tech recruiting. They laid off twenty percent of their staff, but on top of that, they um, pulled offers for people that were meant oh, yeah. to be joining the company. So they had yeah, I think I it was about seven hundred and fifty people who presumably had you know, handed in their notice, left their companies, said Fucking F you on the way out to their boss, <laughs> uh, burnt a few bridges, told their families, I'm going to go join Coinbase. Look how great my package is. And I've got all this Moved stuff. house. Maybe moved house, maybe relocated. Um, some of them started the process of transferring visas, which mean, which is, I can tell you, is not an easy thing and can mean you get kicked out of the country. And then they had 750 offers rescinded almost overnight. And that's that's a hell of a big dramatic step to take for a company, knowing all Is the reputational damage that comes with that. Was that because of the crypto winter or the general economy? It's hard to say, but I think they they're hand in hand, aren't they? Because, and I suppose. I you were but trying. I mean, crypto dropped much more violently than the stock market, say, didn't it? But it also rose more violently, didn't it? It's just a more volatile asset because there's yeah. way less money in it. But
1: I mean, if crypto, if Coinbase are more reliant on the crypto price, then that violent dip would have affected them more than yeah. the drop in stock price affected Amazon,
0: say, or, you know. I don't know. That it's, it's hard to say, and I think there's probably a ton of different factors, but net, as an example, Netflix, nothing to do with crypto. As far as I know, no kind of involvement mm, in the blockchain space. Their stock is down over the past uh, or year to date is down 60%. Well, did Stranger you watch the news? Did you
1: watch the new Stranger Things? I did
0: <laughs> Sold my stock. But that, I mean, that's that can't be anything to do with crypto. So I, I don't know. It's hard mm. to say how much of it is linked to crypto. But Facebook, again, not a big crypto play, is down fifty percent year on year.
1: Yes. Yes. Netflix. Yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. Well, today, they're another. Yeah, they're another They another mess altogether, together. Facebook, aren't they? I don't right. know but yeah, uh, i guess
0: that the it, it, it it's yeah I see what you're saying. it's interesting times and i do i i said to you recently the metrics that i've always looked at as to how healthy the kind of crypto and blockchain space are have been things like user adoption how what how many people hold bitcoin mm. and how many people hold over 0.1 how many people are building projects on ethereum and you know what it's that kind of like an exponential adoption is what you're looking for, for, for network effects. Right. And all of those things are pointing in the right direction and are, you know, at record highs or are showing growth, all that good stuff, but the price doesn't reflect that. So, so why, me, how can
1: that be the case if more people are adopting it and buying it, the price is going down That doesn't make sense. So does it?
0: Well, no, because it's not necessarily mm, Well, because you can have more people have it, but the price is lower. So, I mean, like you have more people in other parts. But to have project. it, you have to buy it, right? Right. But the, so if you've got big institutional investors selling it because they want to get rid of their risk on assets, and as it goes down, you've got people like me and you buying it. Like the numbers of people, the the user, I suppose. Yeah. Growing, the number yeah, of okay. projects, the investment in the space, the VC money. It, 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 so other than the layoffs in the big publicly traded companies. Um, everything is kind of going in a positive direction, but and the price, the price, yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes me think it's more tied to the macro economy. But yeah, fair, who knows?
1: Yeah, who knows? Speaking of fluctuating <laughs> prices, the price crypto. let's move <laughs> nobody's to
0: favorite segment or
1: folio wars, Mikey boy. So is it possible we, I, for I sides
0: to lose a water, <laughs>
1: I think it's because we are... So I can risk. You ever play Risk when you have 10 units each? You both end up with one because you just keep getting each other. Um, But the... What was I about to say there? So because I think because we've been so busy cranking out so many episodes of this podcast, <laughs> we've forgotten to, to <laughs> adhere to the rules of portfolio wars and we haven't made a trade since the last time we did this but of course things have changed because the prices have changed so much of Mm -hmm. on our uh assets so quick reminder january 1st mike and i invested a thousand dollars each into an array of coins of of crypto crypto coins that was the only rule we could pick any allocation we wanted any amount of coins we wanted and (laughs) and um Yeah, that was the rule. The other rule was we have to buy a new coin each month. Um, I think not long after that, we did a bit more research on just how many kind of bad alternative coins there were out there. And my appetite for that really fell. I don't know about you.
0: Um, Yeah, I Um, think But part of it, though, as well, Jack, I have made trades in crypto. Like I sold... Hmm. um, i think about 80 or 90 percent of my bitcoin i remember texting you about it when it was around like between 40 and 45k but i I didn't do anything with any of my portfolio wars balances no no portfolio was a different different thing it doesn't matter i don't give a shit
1: what you did with your (laughs) other money,
0: Mike.
1: we don't care about that on this segment (laughs) um and i know my wife did and yeah <laughs> nice little flex before we announce the price of these by the way yeah yeah, yeah. Just well done for bit, selling at 45k yeah well done. buying
0: it back at 25 even better uh
1: let's start all right let's uh start with me it. we will okay. start with mine so I as a reminder
0: summary i think sorry i'm gonna throw my two cents <laughs> no 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 let's go, let's, give go, a go and summary, let's go and then let's ask listeners to send so in deep. ideas for a new segment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or send in some money, because I think we need some. <laughs> yeah. Just send us a
1: tenant. Yeah, my wallet
0: address is uh, X3459. No. So I'll quickly
1: okay. I'll quickly shoot down mine. So Ethereum. Uh I bought four hundred and ninety dollars worth of it when the price was three thousand seven hundred and forty. Yeah, no one
0: can no one no one can people can't. Me and you have, have this spreadsheet in front of us. Yeah. No it's, one's gonna no one's gonna remember these numbers. Just give like yeah, my down X percent. Yeah. This fair is enough. Down X okay, percent. yeah. Ethereum so first off, what what are your um Go through your losses first, and then we'll go on to the gains. We'll go on
1: to the, the gains. Is zero percent a gain? <laughs> before I <laughs> <A little laughs> okay, my losses up. My Ethereum's down fifty percent. The when I bought it. My um, that actually looks good compared to my others. Actually, right. so my Solana is down seventy, nearly seventy-seven percent. My Matic is down nearly sixty-five percent. ADA's down 60%. US dollar coin, no change. Winning. So winning. One dollar of that, one dollar. Uh, and then my Bitcoin, which if you remember in the last episode, was the only plus across both our portfolios at all, because mm. it was the previous trade I made, it was up like 2%, is now down further. Now. <laughs> it's down 34.5%. Yeah. So, well,
0: <laughs> so here your we go overall what's your o- overall fact, let's come back to the overalls we don't want yeah, to spoil okay, yeah. let's, there let's there. get over to
1: you mike you've, you've yeah you've been you've been smiling when i've said mine let's hear yours yeah i'll,
0: I'll start with my best performing asset yeah go. Sh- the, start high this is the trailblazer um kind of winner winner trade that's only down only 51 percent. so Mate. you know high roller turns like that who needs a broker Um, My (laughs) MANA, which is a decentralized token to buy land in the metaverse, great investment, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, That's down 52%. (laughs) So again, not too bad. My ADA down 60%. -hmm. My AVAX down 67%. And my soul down a whopping 77%. So I don't, Mm. you have one, your USDC, your US dollar coin is the Mm -hmm. only asset that either of us have that isn't down (laughs) by at least 35%. And yeah, my, or should we give them the overall totals? Yeah. Yeah, Turned. I've, or you've turned Jack a thousand dollars You've kind of put your blood, sweat, and tears into this to earn that money and you've turned it into $461. Yeah. With a an ROI of minus 54%. Put your money to work, I say. <laughs> yeah. I've somehow beaten that. Uh, my starting <laughs> balance of a thousand dollars is now 380 with a 62% oh. decline. So if you've been investing along with us, listeners, uh sorry for one, and stop it.
1: It's mad, isn't it? It's mad, it's sad to think what I mean. They, I think these drops are impressive even for even for how poorly the markets have done this year. Fine, impressive.
0: Oh, okay. It's yeah, yeah. in
1: like, you know yeah. what I mean?
0: It's right. impressive yeah. in the
1: same way you've beaten me. That kind yeah. of impressive.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, so yeah, so. I mean, it's been a shit
0: show, Mikey boy, hasn't it? Absolutely shit show. What do you think was the biggest mistake in terms of your portfolio allocation? If you could kind of pinpoint one thing you've done differently. Biggest
1: loss, which is the biggest loss. No, I think the stupid thing I did broadly was invest in things I didn't understand. I don't know what Matic is really. I don't know what Solana is really. I barely know what Bitcoin, Ethereum are, really, <laughs> if you, when you scratch the surface. But because I wanted, when you see all the pretty coins in Coinbase, and you or you see a headline about one, or you know, and you see an exciting YouTube video about one, you you want to jump on it just in case, don't you? Um, yeah. And even though these are still some of the bigger ones, I still don't really know what they are. They're certainly not decentralized, and and they're my biggest. They're my biggest losses compared to my mild losses of 50%, 34% of the things (laughs) I do know about. So
0: So if you stuck to the things you did know, you've only lost like 40%. Exactly. I'd
1: be, if I just stuck to Bitcoin, I'd be sitting pretty on $650 instead of $460. You know, so I think there is a weird lesson there of investing kind of what you know, you know, or don't invest (laughs) in things. Hang on. Don't invest in things you have a zero clue about. Yeah.
0: is the the lesson there um what about you uh, i would say biggest mistake was just not keeping money in cash in case there was stuff that dropped significantly that we could have bought, or that just wouldn't have dropped <laughs> if we didn't own it. Because I'm not paying are... attention at all to our portfolio wars. No. <laughs> Starting um, portfolio wars was one of the big mistakes I made. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. So there's actually this guy that I met called Jack in about 2002. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, <laughs> I tell people, I tell people this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's good. I tell people this podcast is free to make because it's just Sue, but actually, it's cost me six hundred and forty dollars so far. Well,
0: collectively, so, we've wasted about twelve hundred dollars on portfolio. So, yeah. you know, but well, <laughs> and the energy to run this laptop is about penny. to triple in price for me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you could if you hadn't made those losses, you got like two months of gas. You've <laughs> <building>. got two <laughs> days of gas. Yeah, Steph's gonna kill um, me but all right Um, well so listeners let us know your feedback if you love portfolio wars what's wrong with you but if you do like it let us know if you i would love
1: hearing this the best thing (laughs) you hear is people's losses it's the best yeah yeah. i would love hearing this bit yeah
0: we're doing it for you listeners it's all um, a lie
1: we actually made loads of money but it's just for you right
0: Right. it's It's trying 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 to seem like every you know you're every man oh we've lost money too but yeah. you no, know, we uh we have kind of fucked this up. But let's say then we'll just sort of make a call, make an executive decision based on listener feedback on whether we stick with this segment. I think you're more enthusiastic about you're it. You're saying you want to cash out. out. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to stop. We've got to give it the to year, Stop Mike. having to shame myself. Even episode. if we just, even
1: if we just turn the recording off and just go through it ourselves, <laughs> we've just got to go for it. Okay, okay. So if you don't hear it next episode, just know we're still doing. it. But if yeah. you do, you'll hear sorry. about it when we're in the when we're back in the black. That's when you'll hear. Oh it yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And there'll be an episode if. every day then. It's just a daily fucking <laughs> update. <laughs> well my reason behind that jack i just had a vision
1: <laughs> solana just yeah you know it's the way forward you, just you have understand
0: to understand it. it you have to understand yeah. you know about it <laughs> but, um, right well good to be back great to right. you know, get back in the game we'll try and do these mm. more regularly um also let us know listeners if you want that maybe you prefer having these every three months maybe you'd never want to hear them again but you know we'll <laughs> we'll take that feedback on board and Probably not do another one (laughs) until Christmas. But
1: (laughs) yeah, what we need to do is see each other in person less, Mike, and these churn out a bit more so down, i think
0: wait yeah, to, to say that see but,
1: each other less. Yeah. next time we'll turn our cameras off we'll be, <laughs> yeah. we'll be desperate to do even more um but no thanks a lot for listening obviously send it we haven't had any any listener mail mike this episode have we any feedback we haven't had
0: any episodes jack, haven't <laughs> any put anything out for three no, i don't
1: think that's correlated i don't think that's correlated
0: <laughs> yeah where, where are you at norway let us hear let yeah listen. norway big um, at norway um, but, um yeah. okay cool well great ep jack and uh yeah. yeah. See you next time. Over, over, and out from the Cheers. cryptocurrency lecturers. See you All next right. time. Peace. Peace. That's a bit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Strange, would not it? That was strange. <laughs> never heard you say that. <laughs> peace. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's a good way um, to stop it.